Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. It's Vanessa Denhagarmo here, filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio. One year after Roe, pro-lifers assess the impact of pro-life protections, the ongoing battle, and the path forward. That is an article in the National Catholic Register. Pro-lifers discuss the progress and the significant work ahead as we approach the anniversary of the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe v. Wade, and that's on June 24th. Uh, joining us today to talk about that will be Father Mitch Packwell. We'll be talking about the year anniversary and what that means to us. But this is a really good article. I really encourage you to uh, read it. And I just lost it for a second. I will uh, tweet this on my Vanessa Denhart Garmo Twitter handle and put this up on my communications evangelist coach, Vanessa Denhagarmo public Facebook page, so you can get it there as well. Marking the one-year anniversary of the historic Dobbs versus Jackson women's health decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, pro-lifers are celebrating the reality that 14 states in the country have barred almost all abortions, and half of all states have enacted strong pro-life protections, something that would have seemed impossible to groups on both sides of the abortion debate only a few years ago. Currently, abortion is not permitted with some exceptions in 14 states, Alabama, Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. It's limited to six weeks when a heartbeat can be detected in Georgia, 12 weeks in Nebraska, and 15 weeks in Arizona and Florida, and limited to 18 weeks and 20 weeks in Utah and North Carolina, respectively. Florida's heartbeat law has been signed by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and is currently under review by the Senate's Supreme Court. North Carolina's measure to limit abortion to 12 weeks will go into effect in July. Six other states, Indiana, Iowa, Montana, Ohio, South Carolina, and Wyoming, have enacted pro-life protections that are facing legal challenges, and we know that's happening in Ohio right now. And the, the proposal three in Michigan really unfortunately set the tone for other states to adopt such a radical uh, pro-abortion amendment. And that's an amendment to the Constitution, and it gave us way more than just abortion uh, here in the state of Michigan. Kristen Hawkins, a president of the Students for Life of America, told a register that one year about out from the Dobbs decision, quote, we're in a great place with half the states protecting life in the law. The Dobbs decision was a democratic victory for life that generations have fought for, said Emily Osmond, vice president of the communications at Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. It handed the tools of democracy back to the people, so it finally gave us a seat at the table, the right to fight for life. Jeannie Mancini, president of the March for Life, said that as we approach the anniversary of Dobbs Supreme Court decision, we're overjoyed to know that hundreds of thousands of babies and moms are now protected by dozens of state laws. And uh, this article continues uh, here. Sorry, I'm just having a little technical issues. Uh, Stephen Aiden, chief legal officer and general counsel at America's United for Life, said that the pro-life movement has made amazing progress since the Dobbs decision came down. 
A year ago, the pro-life half of the country was banned from expressing its commitment to protecting human life by an array of federal courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court, he said. In contrast, 14 states protect almost all life in law, and another half doesn't protect it from a specific gestational age. Those protections were unenforceable a year ago. That's because of the federal law on, this, on the national level, right? And that's when we overturned Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs case, it went back to the state level. These laws have let, have had a real impact on the number of abortions in the country, as indicated by an April report from the pro-abortion nonprofit Society of Family Planning, which noted a more than 6% decrease in the number of abortions nationwide in the six months following the Dobbs decision. The report found that there were roughly 32,260 fewer abortions over six months compared to pre-Dobbs numbers. The group compiled data from 83% of legal abortion providers in the United States provided estimates for the remaining 17%. Tessa Longbonds, a senior research associate at the Charlotte Lozer Institute, the research and education arm of the SBA Pro-Life America, told the register that the pro-life group estimates that 60,000 lives have been saved in the year since Dobbs based on taking the data released by the Society of Family Planning and extra uh, prolating that out over the next six months. So there are many, uh, there may be more data that becomes available that will give us a better view, she said. But for right now, just using the latest that we can see from the abortion industry to include states that normally don't report abortions, like California, Maryland, New Hampshire, gives us a good glimpse that it's happening, what's happening in the U.S. as a whole. Another estimate of the impact after Dobbs is SBA's life-saving laws in the state's tracker, which is a measurement of the estimate impact of a state law on the abortions happening in that state. Currently, the group lists 181,178 abortions that have been or would be impacted annually by being prohibited in the 25 states with significant pro-life protections in effect or pending. So we know that many women will go out of state. We know that many will order abortion pills online, Longbond said. She explained that the tracker is not necessarily saying those abortions are not happening, given the abortion pill and abortion travel, but it's measuring the legal protection to unborn babies in the state and the scope of the laws. She added that trackers estimate uh, projects what the impact would be if all state pro-life laws were in uh, in effect, and sadly, some are blocked. Now we look at the abortion pill and travel. And again, this is an article in the National Catholic Register. I really encourage you to read this. Uh, Melanie Israel, a policy analyst on life issues at the Heritage Foundation, told the register that while it's encouraging that Planned Parenthoods have stopped doing abortions in those pro-life states, she noted that we still have a long way to go to be able to fully protect women and unborn children from abortion pills that can still flow across state lines. Addressing this reality, Israel noted that the Heritage Foundation, alongside other organizations, sent a letter with pro-life protections they want measures of the 118th Congress to pursue, including limiting the interstate flow of dangerous abortion drugs. The letter states that abortion sanctuary states and rogue abortion pill pushers are working to undermine states to protect women and unborn babies from these pills. Last year, the Biden administration weakened FDA protocols to allow women to receive abortion pills by mail and without a doctor's exam. This is incredible. 
why would you want a doctor to check you out? I mean, it's just, and they call this in the right, for, you know, protecting women. The Biden administration has ensured widespread access to the abortion pill uh, despite significant health and safety concerns raised by pro-life doctors, particularly over the pill being provided with a doctor's visit to check for conditions like life-threatening ectopic pregnancies. The Supreme Court recently permitted the pill to remain on the market as court case brought the pro-life alliance for hip- um, hypocrite medicine challenging the FDA's approval of the drug continues. So there's more to this story. I'd really encourage you to read it. It's in the National Catholic Register. Again, I'm going to tweet this on my Vanessa Denhagarmo Twitter handle, and I will also put this up in my Communications Evangelist Coaches Facebook page as well, which is my public Facebook page. I really encourage you to read this article. It is eight minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection, and now it's time to look at the news. 84 degrees is the high expected in uh, Detroit, Michigan. And then if we look across the country, uh, in Boston, a high of only 66 degrees with cloudy skies. New York, a high of 71. Washington, rainy skies, a high of only 66 degrees. And then if we look at Charlotte, a high of 69. Cincinnati, a high of 83. St. Louis, a high of 87. Minneapolis, a high of 92 in sunny skies today. And then if we look more on the West Coast in Seattle, 72 degrees, cloudy skies. And um, let's see, San Francisco, a high of 63 degrees, sunny skies, Los Angeles, a high of 77. Phoenix, Arizona is going to hit 105 degrees today and 104 in El Paso. And San Antonio, 104 degrees, 100, um, yeah, 104, 90 degrees in New Orleans, 91 in Oklahoma City. In Kansas, cloudy skies and 92 degrees, 84 in Chicago with a high of 84 degrees. Oxygen is running out in a submarine carrying five people that's been missing since Sunday. Rescue efforts are focused on an area where Canadian aircraft recently detected underwater noises about 900 miles off the coast of Massachusetts. The deep sea vessel reported had a 96-hour oxygen supply, which is expected to run out shortly. Three people reportedly are dead after a tornado ripped through a tiny North Texas town Wednesday night. A tornado warning went out in Matador, Texas around 8 p.m. The twister damaged a dozen buildings that prompted a search for people who might be trapped in the wreckage. The tornado hit less than a week after tornadoes blasted Parrington, Texas, killing at least three people and injuring dozens. New poll is showing an increase of Americans who believe a person's gender should be determined based on their biological sex. Mark Mayfield has the numbers. The poll was conducted by NPR, PBS NewsHour, and Marist. It says 61% of Americans define gender as the sex listed on a person's original birth certificate and is the only way to define if someone is a male or female. That's up over 10% from last year. I'm Mark Mayfield. The waters of the Atlantic are active. Natalie Rodriguez has the latest from the National Hurricane in Miami. Tropical storm Brett is set to whip its strong winds and dump heavy rains on portions of the Leeward Islands today and tonight. The storm has maximum sustained winds this morning near 70 miles per hour. A hurricane watch is in effect for St. Lucia with a tropical storm warning in effect for Dominica, St. Lucia and Martinique. Meanwhile, tropical depression number four has formed in the central Atlantic. The National Hurricane Center expects it to get a little stronger during the next few days and become a tropical storm in a day or two. Right now, TD4 is expected to remain east of the northern Leeward. Leeward Islands through the weekend. 
The House has voted to censor Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff for his role in investigations of alleged collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced Wednesday's vote. On this vote, the A's are 213 and the nays are 209. With six answering present, the resolution adopted. Without objection, the motion to consider is relayed on the table. Republicans tried to advance a similar censor measure last week, but 20 Republicans voted with Democrats to block the move, objecting to language that could have resulted in a $16 million fine for Shift. The provision was removed and gained full GOP support. Shift, who's running for an open Senate seat in California, is the 25th lawmaker in the U.S. history to be censored by the House. The man accused of leaking sensitive Pentagon documents is pleading not guilty to federal charges, Brian Shuck reports. Jack Teixeira appeared in a Massachusetts courtroom Wednesday, a week after being indicted by a federal grand jury. The Massachusetts Air National Guardsman faces six counts of willful retention and transmission of national defense information. Congress will be starting from scratch on figuring out how to regulate rapidly evolving of artificial intelligence technology. I laid out my ideas about a comprehensive framework Congress can use to supercharge AI innovation in a safe and responsible way. That's what Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told reporters today as we unveiled its possible AI regulation. The New York Democrat announced a series of planned expert forums that will help guide Congress to develop guardrails while still allowing for industry innovation. Schumer said innovation must be our North Star in crafting regulation, but stressed the need for setting ground rules for AI. The urgency comes as generative uh, AI tools like chat gpt and others are skyrocketing in popularity math and reading scores among 13 year olds are down los angeles unified school district superintendent alberto carvalho says the news is dire this is a crisis that america cannot ignore the long-term educational crisis facing our students has by far outpaced the physical threat that covid ever presented to them New test scores released Wednesday by the National Assessment Education Progress show math scores are at their lowest since 1990 and reading scores are at their lowest since 2004. The decline in math scores was the biggest since federal testing began in 1973. The National Center for Education Statistics said the academic recovery it hoped to see in the more than two years since a return in-person learning has not materialized. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell expects more rate hikes. Mark Mayfield fills us in. Speaking ahead of a hearing Wednesday morning in front of the House Financial Services Committee, he said the central bank is still working to slow inflation, which he said is still running high. Powell said most participants in the Federal Open Market Committee expect that it will be appropriate to raise interest rates somewhat further by the end of the year. The Fed last week said it would keep interest rates stable for the first time since last January after 10 consecutive hikes. Connection, we got to take a break. When we come back, Father Mitch Packwell will be joining us. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA sponsored plans, CMF Curo is the Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1 833 GET CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. 
That's 1-833-GETCURO. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. This July 4th from Angel Studios, who brought you his only son and the chosen, comes a true story of courage and redemption, Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, who portrayed Jesus in The Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the true events of a dangerous mission to save young, innocent lives. A story that shares hope and the power of human resilience. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters July 4th. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. So this Saturday, June 24th, is the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs case. And to talk with us about that is Father Mitch Pacwa. Father, how are you? A regular here on Thursdays on Catholic Connection. But you have me again. I get to interview you again here. How are you, Father? I'm doing well, thank you. Hope you're doing it well also. I'm doing well, and it's a pleasure talking with you. So we're on the year, approaching the year anniversary this Saturday of the overturning of Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs case. And, you know, from your perspective, how should we be looking back at this year? What What is your perspective on this past year? There's um, a couple things uh, that I, I think are going on. First, uh, you see from the left-leaning media a uh, an attempt to keep creating panic and and agitation of course they're talking about this is catastrophic for women it uh brings for unequal health care uh and they are presenting a number of anecdotal cases about women who nearly died because they couldn't have an abortion and one of the uh, points that they make is that um, this is a danger to women's health and that women are going to die. This is uh, a fairly common theme in their stories. Whereas in terms of other, uh, you know, the, the folks who are pro-life, uh, they realize that there's still a minority of states that completely prohibit abortion. It's 13 or 14. Um, and that they realize that now the issue of abortion is a local concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, by local, I mean by uh, state, state issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and But local also. And the, uh, a third development uh, that I hear is 
the uh, many of the Republicans, not all by any means, but many of the Republicans are saying, look, people don't like this decision, and this is an issue that loses us elections. If we come out in favor of Dobbs, uh, people will vote against us, especially younger people, because uh, they have a strong commitment to making abortion available. They're not always in favor of having an abortion, but what uh, has been the case since the 70s is that people don't didn't want to change the abortion laws, not because they want to have one, but they didn't want other people to not have that option. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then of course there are many young people who uh, would very much promote it, um, you know, and be interested in abortion if they do get pe- pregnant. So that is being dropped uh, as an issue. It's putting being put on a back burner. Uh, at, by a number of uh, politicians, uh, and sometimes the, the conservative pundits, uh, like Sean Hannity and such, will say, "No, don't talk about this. Just don't bring it up. Leave it alone. Let's focus on the economy and crime and things like that." So they, so this brings out to me the various tensions that exist in the country over the issue of abortion, and that given that, that kind of tension, part of our task at, at this point is, not, is giving a basic understanding of what is moral and what is immoral. We, uh, one of the problems underlying uh, this situation is Morality itself is redefined as having the freedom to do what you want without restraint. And the lack of restraint as the model of freedom is not a Catholic approach. It's rather, uh, you know, this uh, much more uh, of a very secular approach that comes from the 18th century, though, as uh, and really is underlying much of the relativistic morality of our times. So mm. that we have to say, start understanding uh, that our teaching on morality is not simply to say that's wrong and this is right, but why is it wrong, and why is uh, being uh, in favor of the dignity of human life at every stage. Why is that morally right? And this brings us to another stage uh, of, re- of returning to our basic Catholic understanding of morality. Mm-hmm. And Father Mitch, that inc- that includes having these kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in order to teach, we have to sit down and have critical conversations with Christ at the mm-hmm. center to get to the root of these problems. And you mentioned the media earlier. Part of their tactic is not to have these conversations, not to have balanced and objective news stories, not to tell both sides, but to give a narrative to basically drown out any other voice that goes against mm-hmm. what they're saying. And. This uh, well, see, that's 
one of the other elements. Uh, I've been saying this about relativism for 25 years, as I've seen it come to the fore. Um, when you have a relativistic point of view, I have my truth, you have your truth, and we'll just agree to disagree. That's the, 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 the mentality that they put up front. But in reality, if I have my truth and you have your truth, there is no truth in between us upon which we can base an argument or a discussion. Mm-hmm. When you have teachers saying that logic is white male oppression. (laughs) You know, it it sounds ridiculous. Totally. (laughs) It's not ridiculous when that is being taught in school at the university level and then below. So then you cannot argue logically because from their point of view, you are already a white male oppressor. Correct answers in mathematics is white male oppression in their ideology, and that is meant to prevent you from having good arguments. So at that point, when you cannot be logical, the only thing you have is that might makes right. Yeah. Father, I want to continue this conversation because I want to share with our listeners now what do we do? Because we can't allow them to silence us and to use this ideology to keep us from having these critical conversations. We're going to take a break and continue our conversation with Father Mitch Packwell right after this. What is a bromance? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. This word bromance is used by younger men to describe close friendships with other young guys. You know, the guys who man-hug and chest bump? Let's face it. Generally, women can make friends more easily than men. My wife can make a new friend coming out of the ladies' room. While this may be tougher for guys, younger men now reflect that their close male-to-male friendships are getting deeper and growing. Many guys who only seem to communicate with crude jokes to each other are now more open to sharing, being vulnerable and authentic with each other. This is likely good news for so many reasons, including emotional and mental health. Developing close male bonds includes sharing much about life. Being a good listener is a key to a strong buddy relationship, too. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church, we love to be reverent, to Christ present in the Eucharist, to Christ on the cross. But I was also impressed by the reverence of my friends in the Salvation Army. They had a little band. And I used to walk past the band on Sunday morning on my way to church. And I was just a child. But I said, you know, they're trying to pray to God. They're showing reverence to God. All this was reverence. Now what do I see? I hear one irreverence after another. And week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church. No class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. 
Live truth. Live Catholic. We are continuing our conversation with Father Mitch Pacwa here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa filling in for Teresa Tamio. One year after Roe, pro-lifers are assessing the impact of pro-life protections. And Father, I wanted you to kind of uh, finish that thought you had about, you know, yeah. uh, yes. go, go ahead and continue that conversation. Yeah, here's, when, when I say that, it, it sounds, okay, is this some philosophical theory? No. Take a look at what happened. First, somebody leaked the decision about Dobbs yes. to uh, Politico, and it became known well before the decision was published. That's an infringement, and to this day, they have not found the perpetrator of that. It was a crime, ah. and they did not find the criminal. Are they even really Who looking for that? that person? Well, they, they looked up until then. I don't you know, there's, there's criticism of the process, but, you know, they, they put the uh, person who's in charge of security and the uh, Supreme Court has its own police force and the person in charge um, was in charge of that. They, to leave. they did not want the FBI from the administration or anybody from the legislature legislature to come and do the investigation. Yeah. They wanted to remain independent as a court. So that uh, it makes sense that they did, but I don't know what else they could have done. They yeah, needed Columbia. got it, got but, it. <laughs> um, but the, but then um, what happened as a a that was a, a power play yeah. by somebody. Secondly, people who are pro-abortion threatened and even attempted to kill the Supreme Court justices. <clears throat> whose names were on the decision that had been in favor of it. Yeah. Their support for the decision was there, and so they went to their homes, and that is an, a law that this administration refused to enforce, like they enforce, like many city legislations and DAs around the, the, the country, refused to enforce criminal law. And so the, the administration would not protect the justices to their shame. But that was a power play because they're pro-abortion. And then you see just a, a week or so ago, 10 days, that uh, when two elderly folks were, pro, were, were in front of an abortion clinic to counsel women and to pray, a younger man came up and beat them mercilessly. The damage to this, uh, the man was in his 70s, uh, I think the woman was too, and this much younger man looked to be in his 30s, maybe 40s, uh, from the photograph. They have a photograph of him, I don't know if they've caught him yet, but they, um, uh, you know, he beat them horrendously, the damage to their faces from this beating. This is how he doesn't give them an argument about why you should not help women who are looking for an abortion. He beats them. That's what I mean by might makes right as yeah. far as the left is concerned. And this was the, this is a horrendous thing that we see on so many other issues as well. And uh, we have to help train our children in the principle of thought, logic, and 
how you'd make moral decisions. As a matter of fact, uh, Father Brian Malady has a really fine, fine book to explain the basics of morals, called a primer on moral theology. We need to learn to think morally and not just say, well, God said it is what we've got to do. No, understand the reasons so you can explain it to others. Yeah, that's why these critical conversations are so important to help people understand, meet people where they're exactly. at, and and, exactly. and try to understand where they're coming from. And so, Father, you know, we know that the 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 devil's tactic is is to have us lose hope, and we know that hope is in Christ, and we can't lose hope. We have to continue, you know, standing up and speaking truth. So, what would you say to our listeners, despite you know all this happening uh, against the pro life movement to stop us from moving forward? What would you say to our listeners? today hey, first of all the uh, the pro-life movement has been faithful to God and to human dignity because even there are atheists who are in the pro-life movement yeah God bless them they may not believe in God but we believe that God will bless them yeah. um, and they've been very very important in this whole process but it's not over by any means and uh, this has to continue. Um, Bishop Burbridge, who is the head of the Bishop's Committee on uh, Life Issues, uh, issued a statement in, for this anniversary. And he calls us to do various things, such as join uh, a group that supports moms in crisis. That's that's extremely important. We have to have, uh, you know, we don't say, well, we won, and so we leave it as such. No. Pro-life people continue to do all sorts of efforts, like getting ultrasound machines uh, to let mothers see the baby before they could, uh, or as they're considering an abortion. And the, the other is to support the adoption process. Here in Alabama, adoptions have just skyrocketed. We don't, we're one of the states that doesn't have abortion. And so, uh, you know, be willing to adopt children, take them in, and be supported, support to mothers who choose to have their baby and choose to raise their child, often alone, and be there for them financially, spiritually, emotionally. You know, we, and, you know, I don't say that as if it's not going on. I know it's going on across the country, but more of us can be involved in helping them. And this is where pro-life then takes the next step. So learning how to think, you know, with clearer uh, morality, being willing to help those who are in a crisis pregnancy and continuing to speak out um, uh, on the issue when we get the opportunity. That's tough right now because tensions are very high and the reaction is sometimes nearly violent or, as we saw recently, violent. And the mm -hmm. left will continue to use violence. Um, that's apparently what they have chosen to do. They did, but we have to remember. It was Christians who kept agitating politicians who, uh, in, in the old days, the Whig Party, 
against slavery, but they did nothing. Christians kept agitating until Lincoln and others founded the Republican Party specifically to end slavery. Mm. That, and slavery was a grave sin, and the Catholic Church certainly taught that, but Catholics didn't live it, and they didn't argue for it. Well, Christians who did argue for it saw an end to slavery with great violence because the Democrats who supported slavery fought to the death for it. And we have to be as adamant as the anti-slavery people were, but we are anti-abortion and pro-life. Amen. Father Mitch Pacwa, thank you for joining us here on Catholic Connection. We're going to continue our conversation after the break. Father Fred Jenga will be joining us, new president of Holy Cross Family Ministries. We'll be right back. The Catechism of the Catholic Church on Animals, paragraph 2417. God entrusted animals to the stewardship of those whom he created in his own image. It is legitimate to use animals for food and clothing. They may be domesticated to help man in his work. Medical and scientific experimentation on animals is a morally acceptable practice if it remains within reasonable limits and contributes to caring for or saving human lives. It is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. It is likewise unworthy to spend money on them that should, as a priority, go to the relief of human misery. So the Catechism is quite clear. We have a great duty to exhibit kindness to animals and at the same time understand that animals were created not for their own sake, but for the sake of the human. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. What is meditative prayer? The Catholic Catechism defines meditative prayer as, above all, a quest. The mind seeks to understand the why and how of the Christian life in order to adhere and respond to what the Lord is asking. Since the required attentiveness is difficult to sustain, we are aided by books such as sacred scripture, especially the Gospels, holy icons, liturgical texts of the day or season, and writings of the spiritual fathers. If we meditate on what we read, we make it our own. If we are humble and faithful in meditation, we discover in meditation the movements that stir the heart, enabling us to discern those movements. We are asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? There are as many methods of meditation as there are spiritual masters. The Catechism urges us to develop the desire to meditate regularly. All meditation should advance us to the knowledge of the love of the Lord Jesus. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Joining us now is Father Fred Jenga, the new president of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Father, how are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Good. A pleasure talking with you, and congratulations on this new position as uh, the president of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Thank you so much. I need your prayers again, as Pope Francis keeps saying. Keep praying for me uh, so that we can be able to continue on well this work of uh, Venerable Patrick Payton. Oh, of course. Yes, we love Father Peyton. Families that pray together stay together. And so let's talk about, (laughs) give people uh, people a background, uh, Father, about 
uh, Holy Cross Family Ministries. Tell us about it. Give us for for those who may not be familiar. Well, if anybody has ever heard of this statement, the family that prays together, uh, prays together, stays together, they know a little bit about this ministry. This was the message of General Patrick Payton, who started who started Holy Cross Family Ministries way out in the in the in the forties. His intention was uh, really to bring the family rosary back into American homes and also globally. So that's how it has been. And uh, he's been encouraging families, pray together, you're going to stay together. You're going to experience unity. And if you keep praying together, you're also going to have peace in your heart and also in your families. So that this is how it all started. As mm-hmm. I speak right now, we are in uh, 17 countries, and we have 27 ministry centers around the world, and we keep sharing the same message about the power of prayer, and we accompany families uh, in the area of family spirituality. Amen to that. And, uh, you know, for where there are two or, or three are gathered in my name, I am there among you. We know this from the Gospel of Matthew. And at Holy, Fam- Holy Cross Family Ministries, they believe every family needs and deserves access to high-quality prayer and faith experiences and resources. Their mission-driven family of Catholic ministries, and uh, the, um, the mission is very clear, dedicated to inspiring promoting and fostering the prayer life and spiritual well-being of families throughout the world. So how do you do that on a regular basis, uh, Father? How do you nurture and inspire this this prayer life within families? Well, part of what, what we do is we produce a lot of resources that we avail to families. The, the resources are online. You can be able to find them, buy them by Amazon. We produce a lot of content that is entirely directed to the spiritual well-being of families. A couple of years back, we did a studies and families were asked, especially parents, would you want us, how can we be able to help you in this area? And they said, well, we desire to pass on the faith and to teach our children how to pray, but we don't have resources. We just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So... Part of what we do is that we run online programs. We have face-to-face events. We are producing movies. There are a lot of ways that uh, we're trying to accompany families. And even we also put on actual prayer events for families where they come and uh, we can be able to pray with them and uh, accompany them that way. Mm-hmm. We also have counselors, so it's a, so many variety of ways that we do this. And one of the things that you do, Father, is worldwide rosary distribution, and this was very instrumental in what Father Peyton did in encouraging people to pray the rosary. Yes, yes. Every year we, are, we distribute close to a million rosaries around the world to our organization. Uh, we have a lot of partners that support us, for us to be able to do this, people sending actual rosaries and others donating to our rosary campaigns. And we just, the rosary has been uh, an important instrument of prayer in the mm-hmm. Catholic spirituality. It has been around for ages. There are, if you go to the deepest areas of Africa or the Amazon, this has been uh, something that people have held on to. 
And we say, yes, this is a good thing. Let's help you how to learn how to do it well. But here it is. The mm-hmm. gospel that has been summarized and is on a string. Mm-hmm. So Venerable yeah. Peyton's impactful life is, is cr- incredible. And the, the story is at the Holy Cross Family Ministries website that you can read. But he's known world over as a rosary priest. And Father Peyton began Family Rosary in Albany, New York in 1942 with the goal of building family unity through daily prayer of the rosary. And I love this because we've seen so many rosary rallies uh, across the country and world. And Father Peyton went on to lead millions in prayer over 540 family rosary rallies that drew 28 million people, including 2 million each at events in Brazil and the Philippines. Um, what would you say about the need of continuing and really bringing back these rosary rallies across the world today, Father? We have to admit that there's been uh, the religious landscape has shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. The devotional life has kind of like gone down a little bit. But uh, these are the things that kept us going, the things that made our church and our families very strong. And we as an organization really are focused on uh, renewing this, and recapturing a little bit of this popular piety that meant a lot for for, for people all through these years. Yeah. So our team's in the ground. So there is, a, as you, if you, you can notice that there is a little bit of a revival of the praying of the rosary, and different groups are pushing this and reminding people that this was important, it was good. Let us try to be able to, let's find ways of... Uh, 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 of putting it to use again. So our organization is also part of that effort. We are mm-hmm. rowing the boat in the same direction with the other organizations uh, to make sure that this again happens. Popular piety is so part of the Catholic faith and the Catholic experience. And those rosaries were part of talk to the fires as far as that area is concerned. Mm-hmm. In 1947, Father Peyton founded Family Theater Productions in Hollywood. Family Theater Productions produced 900 radio and TV programs that featured hundreds of star actors and other celebrities and had more than 10,000 broadcasts. Father Peyton passed away peacefully in 1992 and was declared venerable by Pope Francis in 2017. And when we come back, Father Jenga, I want to talk to you about uh, the process of canonization for Father Peyton after the break. So we're talking with Father Fred Jenga, new president of Holy Cross Family Ministries. We'll be right back after the break. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. 
More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This July 4th from Angel Studios, who brought you his only son and the chosen, comes a true story of courage and redemption. Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, who portrayed Jesus in The Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the true events of a dangerous mission to save young, innocent lives. A story that shares hope and the power of human resilience. Sound of Freedom, rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters July 4th. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Father Fred Jenga is with us, president of Holy Cross Family Ministries, and we're talking about the uh, Father Patrick Payton as well and the cause for canonization. So, Father Fred, what does that mean? What's the process? I know he is venerable right now, and what's the process of the canonization for Father Payton? He is, uh, you know, we need a saint for the families, given what is going on right now in the families, which I can be able to share a little bit on later. But just addressing the question of the process of canonization, when someone is presented, he starts off as a servant of God, and uh, then he moves on to becoming a venerable, and uh, then uh, he becomes a blessed, and then is uh, uh, declared a saint. But the patron right now is a general, and we have a potential miracle that is being explored by the Vatican, and uh, we'll wait to hear from them. If this goes through, then he can be able to be declared the blessed. So this is uh, this is where we are as far as that process. We have regular meeting. We have somebody who is on top of this process here at our office just outside of Boston, and uh, someone who is in Rome oversees this process. And it's moving on. It's yeah. moving on. And as I said, we need really a sense for the family, given yeah. what is because there are a lot of things, challenges that are going on, issues. Yeah, breakdown in the families. I mean, this is so important, and we should all be praying for this process of canonization to be able to call him Saint Patrick Payton one day. And the process can take a while, Father Fred. Right? I mean, it's it's it, it it's it's there's it could take some time to investigate these cases to really deem if they are truly miracles. Yes. Yeah. And the church is very careful. They don't just want to do this out of excitement yeah. so they take uh there is a lot of care to make sure that everything is going the way how it's supposed to be going yeah so we have a lot of medical records we have people that really have to be interviewed to make sure that this is authentic and mm-hmm. uh, we have a sign from god that uh, this man is in heaven or this woman is in heaven and is uh, worthy of limitation, and we can be able to ask God for a favor through this man's intercession. Amen. So it's all beautiful, and it's yeah. a very strong 
Yeah. Of course. We definitely need him to be uh, St. Father Patrick Payton for families, a saint for families, holy families, because we know that a lot of breakdown in what's going on in the world today is because there's been a breakdown in families in this world and in this country. Um, Father, tell us a little bit about um, your journey to the priesthood and your story. Can you share a little bit about your story with us? Sure. Yes, yeah. I, I was born in Uganda in a small town of Jinja. The small town of Jinja is where we find the source of the River Nile. Mm. If you go to Egypt in Cairo and you follow the River Nile uh, all the way into the interior of Africa, there is a big lake, and at the big lake where the Nile accepts its long journey to Egypt is where I was born. So I grew up there. Uganda is the predominantly Catholic country. 44% of the citizens are Catholics. And the church is very vibrant. We have uh, the churches in that place are full. The seminaries are full at this time. The convents are full at this particular time. We have a very vibrant uh, uh, Catholic community in that in that country. So this is the ecosystem I grew up in. It's sort of like the air that I also breathed. Mm-hmm. And uh, my family practiced the faith. Were very active in our local church. I sang in the choir. I served at Mass. I was in the youth group. I came to know closely some of the priests and the religious who served in our places, and I admired them, and I'm sure God, through them, was able to plant a lot of seeds that were watered, and uh, I joined the congregation of Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. So that's how it all started. I did all my studies out in Africa for the priesthood, and then I came to the U.S. to do some graduate studies. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and and in terms of the work that you're doing now as the new president um, uh, at um, the center at the Holy Cross Family Ministries, what what else do you want to share with our listeners about how they can get involved in Holy Cross Family Ministries? Yes, we have uh, all kinds of websites that you can be able to go sign up for an e-newsletter and other kinds of things. So if you go to www.hcfm, Holy Cross Family Ministries, .org, HCFM, we also have Family Theater, we have Catholic Mom is one of our ministries, we have the Peyton Institute for the Domestic Church Life. There are so many different ways. We also have Family Rosary.org which is uh, really a, a central ministry that we do. If you got in touch, we have all the Peyton guilds, people that are praying for the canonization of Father Peyton, and uh, we do a lot of webinars for couples, the training of trainers for family life ministers, and if you're just looking for spiritually nourishing material, our websites are rich with that kind of content. So we're looking for partners and collaborators and people that we can be able to work together to promote this message of family, mm-hmm. the return of God really back into the families. Mm-hmm. Father Fred yes. Jenga, thank you so much, President of Holy Cross Family Ministries, for joining us here on Catholic Connection this morning. I appreciate Thank you for inviting me. And may all your listeners please remember that the family that prays together together. Amen. Families that pray together, stay together. 
from Father Patrick Payton and praying for his canonization. He's now venerable. And thank you, Father Fred Jenga, for being with us. Thank you to Father Mitch Packwell for joining us here on Catholic Connection, talking with us about the year anniversary of the Dobbs and Roe v. Wade. And of course, Monica, Dr. Monica Miller from Detroit talking with us about, well about the anniversary of Roe v. Wade here on Catholic Connection. Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio, host of Epiphany. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.